What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Society Rewired, the podcast where we talk about mental health, open, honestly, and have discussions around everyday life uh, that you maybe wouldn't hear on your date, your route through the world. With me, the co-host. What, what is it today? Let's. Uh... I, I I have not prepared <laughs> properly for your introduction, but I, it's the beautiful. Generous. I've done all these before. I'm, I'm, I got to come up with some new terms. I actually have to actually do this in advance to, to make sure I have your introduction right. But Jerry Cook, everybody. And, and I, I never do my homework. I never do anything good. Other, I just laugh at whatever you're coming up with because it's, it's complete BS. So when I wasn't, I just wasn't. I got to, I got to tie it up before we start. So it's and I didn't do it this time. So I apologize. Your, your intro will only get better as the seasons go. Uh, I promise. Well, so. I'm I'm super excited today. We get to interview a friend of mine that I've known for. A, a few years, I guess. Um, Vicki Stewart is here with us, and Welcome. you have a pretty cool, unique story in life. And, and I always see you out downtown and always have the, the beautiful smile and the great chipper attitude. And, and so we're, we're happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You bet. You bet. Yeah. So I think a little intro, you are the executive director of the Sioux Falls Business Resource Network, correct? Right. And may, maybe if you want to, should we just start there and just sure. give people yeah, a little good. idea of like what's what's your day to day life like? What's what do you what do you do at work? What's your what's what's your gig? Okay, sounds good. Well, Business Resource Network is a nonprofit. It was established in 2010. I've been executive director for about five and a half years, and I tell everybody it's my dream job. I just love what I do. So our mission is to provide businesses with education, awareness, and resources to promote the successful employment of people with disabilities. So every day is different. I'm blessed to be able to work at home, so that's super nice. If there's bad weather or whatever, I can just stay at home and not deal with all of that. Um, But I'm out in the community all the time, which I love. If I had to stay home all day, every day in my home, that would not be for me at all. I'm more of a social person. So it's a good balance. I get to be at home and out in the community quite a bit. So one of our most popular programs is our disability friendly program, where we give businesses an award if they employ at least one person with a disability. So you'll see those stickers on the front entrances of businesses that have hired people with disabilities. And there's almost 200 businesses now in Sioux Falls and the surrounding communities. So it's a good way for me to get my foot in the door. And then maybe we can talk about some other things like accessibility, reasonable accommodations. I do a lot of presentations on like disability etiquette. How do you communicate with people with various disabilities? Those kinds of things. That's cool. Yeah. And I would assume like that, just that one piece of it is very, very broad ranging because I'm, you, you deal with a lot of different types of disabilities, correct? Right. We serve people with all types of disabilities and a lot of disabilities are invisible. So I went into a business once and the manager said, you know, Vicki, I'm honored that you want to give us this award, but I don't think we deserve it. We don't employ anyone with a disability. Mm. Pretty soon some guy in the back yells, yep, it's me. (laughs) He says, I have kidney (laughs) disease. And so his supervisor never even knew that. Wow. So he was nominated by someone who knew him, the person with the disability. That's so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Yeah. Neat. So that, so, I mean, mental um, disabilities, physical disabilities and kidney disease. So I, what, what would you classify that? At? I mean, obviously it's a disability, but like, what is there different classifications? Is there, you know, there's broad care 
categories like physical disabilities, mental disabilities, cognitive disabilities. We work with he- people who are blind, who are deaf. So yeah. lots, you know, neurological, yeah. um, people with traumatic yeah. brain injury, lots of disabilities. That's so cool. Oh, I agree. Because, I mean, everybody has, uh, you know, a thing, a purpose, a thing that they can do, right, to add value. And, and placing people in, in areas, that's got to be just so gratifying when you get a placement. It is because to me, employment just has added so much to my life. And I want to give other people with disabilities that opportunity to, yeah. you know, I mean, there's socialization, you're able to meet friends, you're able to give back to the community. Yeah. I think a lot of times people with disabilities feel like they're taking all the time. And it's important to be able to give back to our community too. Yeah. Well, I feel a little guilty because, I mean, when I think dis- – I wouldn't have thought kidney disease. That wouldn't have been what I associated to the word disability. So that's – I mean, we talk about the stigma around mental health and and suicide, but, I mean, there's probably a little bit of a stigma around disabilities and kind of the challenges that you face there and just my own mental perception of what a disability is. I guess that's probably I, – I almost – that wouldn't have even crossed my mind, to be honest with you. So I feel a little challenged with my own perception now. I'm kind of questioning, you know, how I, I perceive it. So it's interesting to have you – have that conversation around what you guys classify as a disability. Yeah. Right. And and with those hidden disabilities, it can be a little more challenging in some ways because sure. they're do they want to disclose that? Do they want to let people know that they right. have that disability? It's pretty easy to hide it, but it takes a lot of energy too to yep. hide it. Right. No, that's right. very true. Well maybe maybe give us a little background of yourself. Like how did you come into this work? How like Give, give our listeners an, an overview, maybe. Okay, sure. Well, I use the wheelchair. Of course, you can't see me right now, sure. but I've used a wheelchair pretty much all my life when I started kindergarten. Um, I have the disease osteogenesis imperfecta, otherwise known as OI or brittle bone disease. So when I was three weeks old, um, my mom was giving me a bath and she heard something snap. And when I wouldn't stop crying, she decided to take me to the doctor. And there they discovered I had a broken arm. And they falsely accused my mom of child abuse, which, of course, was not true. So they examined me more, and they saw a bluish tint in the whites of my eyes. And that was a symptom of OI. So I was diagnosed as a baby. And I could walk for a real short time, but I tripped over the vacuum cleaner and broke both of my legs pretty severely. Wow. And after that, I really couldn't walk. How, how old were you when you when you broke your legs? Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had probably about 40 some broken bones in my lifetime. It's gotten better as I've gotten older. So I That's don't good. break as frequently yeah. anymore, which I'm very <laughs> glad about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Does... Uh, I guess as far as like family heritage, is it is it something that's kind of passed genetically or how? Total genetic fluke. I have three older brothers, two older sisters. No one else in my family has oh, wow. this disease. So really? yeah, mm-hmm. huh. really. Mm-hmm. And what do they say as far as like? Is it pretty easy to to pass on then, or is it just purely a genetic fluke for maybe yourself? But if you were to, you know, have kids or something like that, is that? Yes, if I were to have a child, there'd be a 50-50 chance that that child would also have OI. And typically, they have the same type. There's many different types of OI. I have type 3, and typically, if you give birth, um, your baby will have that same type. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that just that in itself is something that I think that, and I want to say most people, but a lot of people probably would never even have to worry about in their life. I mean, obviously, there's always a chance when you conceive 
that, you know, there could be uh, something with the baby. But, you know, you're, you're looking down statistics of a 50-50 shot. That's, that's got to be um, kind of a anxiety-ridden thing, right? Right. And I love kids, but I mean, that was a serious decision. And I, yeah. I just decided that, you know, I, I just don't think I want to risk that. So, yeah. Which also brings up a different topic. Certain someone sitting here just got married this last year. Yes. Yep. Oh, I've really? been married a little over a year now. Thank you. <laughs> was it, is it Thank o- over you. a year? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, August my was time. our first anniversary. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So see you bopping around in cool trips and doing all kinds of cool things. Oh, and... yeah. Yeah. My husband uses a wheelchair, too. He's okay. paralyzed. He was in a motorcycle accident when he was 21. Oh, geez. Um, so he's been in a wheelchair most of his life as well. And we bought a van. Um shortly after our honeymoon and so now it has the automatic lift so we can get in and out easily the driver's seat swivels so it's easy to transfer have a bed in the back so we can just camp wherever it's much easier (laughs) than setting up tents and cots and all of that so I can't even set up a tent I'm just gonna be honest I'm (laughs) terrible it's gonna take me at least several hours instructions doesn't matter i could have a youtube video outlining how to do i can't i can't i'm not a camper so the truth comes out it's true you're not I mean, mechanically inclined no, i'll just sleep on the ground in the wood no give me an umbrella or something yeah. like we'll just pull over my head he was just telling me how he wants to do some work on his jeep but maybe we're gonna veto that because well, well know, mechanically i'm okay together. the tent is a whole other oh. situation <laughs> all right well geez well <laughs> give me a little credit <laughs> well that's that's really cool though i mean i'm really happy for you that you've you found somebody too who who kind of understands maybe what you're going through on a day-to-day yeah. basis exactly and that's that's got to be just a what a what a great great happy time in life for you yeah maybe, maybe even talk about that like how does that how did that come about what are you know maybe maybe pluses of that challenges that you've had to go through in life to kind of get to that point i mean you know again we're kind of open format just kind of go down whatever path you want. But sure. I think there's a lot to your story that, yep. you know, I don't even know the proper questions to ask necessarily. So does having two wheelchairs in one household complicate things? Yes. But fortunately I built a house in 2016 before our, uh, Elm and I connected yep. and I made it all wheelchair accessible. Okay. So oh, it worked out perfectly. I mean, very good. not knowing, huh? You know, what the future held, it worked out great. I can imagine having two in one. I mean, takes up a little more space. So trying to get around might be a little more difficult. And, you know, I'm sure that's that's interesting that you you preemptively plan for that. Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, I actually met him 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Skiing out in the Black Hills. They have a big program called Ski for Light. And so they have downhill skiing for people who use wheelchairs and cross-country skiing for people who are blind. And people come from all over the United States um, to participate. And so my husband is originally from Salt Lake City. And so we met 20 years ago, but didn't keep in touch or anything like that. and reconnected at Ski for Light in 2018. And he says, when I wheeled in the room, he knew that <laughs> it was meant to be. That's awesome. So, yeah, so we started dating. Um, he was still in Salt Lake. And then eventually he moved here, which I was shocked. I thought, oh, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to get him to move to South Dakota. But, but he's done it. You had the power. Here. You yeah. had the power. Yep, yep. I love it. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. So great. So, you know, you mentioned skiing. That's kind of an interesting thing because, 
I just, as, as we're talking, how maybe, what are, what are the levels of activity that you're okay with before you kind of get to the point of saying, ah, oh, man, if I go a little too fast here and wipe out, like yeah. what, where's kind of that, where's that threshold of, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, of protection. Right, like, right. Where, what are what are the things you're, you're, risk you're okay with? Risk versus reward. Yeah, there you go. Me. Risk versus reward, yeah. 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 Um, well, growing up, I was very cautious and probably more so because of my parents. They were always telling me, no, you can't do that. Be careful. Don't do that. Sure. And I broke more bones back then as well. So I was yeah. much more careful. But I spent a lot of time in bed, on the couch, in the hospital, and I feel like I've made up for lost time ever since, since I start, <laughs> yep. you know, stop breaking more frequently. I mm -hmm. felt empowered to do more and live life more because of how my past was. So skiing was definitely scary. I think I screamed the whole way down the mountain <laughs> the first time, but they assured me, you know, they were familiar with my disability. They'd be very careful with me if awesome. we were going too fast just let them know so I did feel pretty safe doing that and my parents came out one year just to witness it and it was oh, so cool I'm sure yeah. they never thought right. they'd see me doing that so that yeah. was awesome huh. but a couple years ago I was biking hand cycle yo, yo. Um, yeah. my first time trying that and we were coasting down our block to our house and I was going probably faster than I should have been. And I turned in the driveway and flipped the bike <gasps> and I broke four bones in my pelvis. Oh no. So I've been, I've been on the bike once since then, but yeah. that kind of uh, gave me a sense of reality again, I guess. Like sure. I still need to be careful. Yeah. You know, that's a big recovery process. Yeah. Yeah. It was a painful, painful recovery. Holy smokes. Well, speaking of recovery, so so if your bones break easier, but do they heal kind of in the same manner or does it take longer? Or? Nope. Heals about the about same. About the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So do they do they know like why why the the bones are more brittle or it's it's collagen. So all the collagen in my body is affected. Mm -hmm. So in the bones, and it can affect my heart, my lungs, other organs and issues as well. So Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But that being said, married. Right. Out doing cool trips. Yes, I love to travel. Um, growing up, we always took a vacation every summer, and typically we drove. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just fell in love with it. So I've been to every state in the United States, Israel, wow. Ireland, Mexico, wow. Canada. So I love, love to travel. Let's talk about that just a little bit, if you don't mind. I'm going on a trip flying, and I hate flying. <laughs> I would imagine, I mean, we... I mean, is there, there's obviously challenges with when you have a wheelchair as far as flying goes. And how, how has that been, I guess, with your, your experience with flying? I mean, just I'd, I'd love to learn more about that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, typically I get an aisle chair. Um, so it's real narrow compared to my own wheelchair. So yep. I transfer from my wheelchair to the aisle chair to go to my seat. Okay. So typically I'm the first one on a plane and the last one off. Okay. Um, and, you know, they've always been very accommodating. So really, it is pretty easy. But my biggest fear is always my wheelchair. 
Sure. Like I'll get it back and my side guard is missing. So I'll have to tell them, oh. you know, I'm missing a piece in my wheelchair. So they'll have to go and look for it. Oh, sure. um, one time I landed, oh, I think we were coming home from Indianapolis and they said, sorry, we don't know where your wheelchair is. And I was like, what? <laughs> so they looked and looked and it was on some other luggage rack that they weren't aware of. So thank goodness I got it. But oh, I have had, sucks. you know, a lot of friends that have had horror stories about their chair getting so damaged that it wasn't. Yeah, you lose luggage. I mean, that's that's one thing, but to lose a wheelchair, that's <laughs> right. a whole nother situation. Yeah. That's, I can't imagine the stress that you had in that situation. Yeah. Anxiety and it's, People get anxiety flying in general, but I mean, having to worry about that sort of situation definitely takes it to a new level. How do you kind of deal with that? I guess just stress coming in. What's what's works well for you? I guess as far as kind of decompressing a little bit and, and taking on that challenge of flying and, mm-hmm. and going around the world. Well, I really try not to think about the negative side of things. I <laughs> yep. think of my destination and it's going to be worth it. And yep. yeah. just try to think positively and say a few prayers too that sure. it's all going to work out and I'm going to get my chair back in one piece. That's fair. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, obviously everything has a risk, but you like, you have a, a little more of a, a real risk when you're, when you're doing that. Right. Because I mean, if you, if you land at the airport and for some odd reason, the chair's not there, like what, what, what would you do? Well, there, they were saying, well, it's okay. We have wheelchairs at the airport that you can use. Well, they're way bigger than my wheelchair. And yeah. I, I doubt I could even push it probably. Sure. So I don't know what I'd do, to be honest with you. I was, in my mind, I was going over all these scenarios, like, how am I going to deal with this? What am I going to do? It was a night flight, so, you know, there wouldn't be wheelchair places to even try to rent or do anything. So, yeah, yeah, a little scary. Yeah, because you have, like, speed racer wheelchair. That thing's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. it's it's super cool man. it's really lightweight <laughs> okay. so yeah. that makes it super nice yeah. and i've kind of had to live and learn as far as driving and using a wheelchair sure um when i first got my license and my first car i had this thing my friends called it the big mac so it was a lift on top of my oh, car yep. it opened up and this big claw came out yeah. and picked up my wheelchair and put it back but it just did not do well it no. was constantly freezing up in the winter my wheelchair got stuck up there a couple of times so i'd be calling friends or family can you come and carry me (laughs) get me out of the car take me to my apartment and then we'd have to wait for a mechanic to come so finally um the people at the mobility place said well vicky you just use your vehicle too much and I said, that's your answer? I don't wow. think so. I'm not going to use my vehicle yeah. any less. Yeah. So yeah. then I figured out the lightweight wheelchair, and yeah. I just pull the chair in on the passenger side of my vehicle and pop off the wheels. Oh. So that's worked great. Yeah. I had a friend that's that actually awesome. had that same setup. And, really? And yeah. On his truck, he had... and. We were we were actually somewhere once where it the arm stopped working and so I helped him get into his car and then we got to his apartment he was living at that time and we basically just not because it was frozen it was completely it was like it rained it was icy it was we're in South Dakota yeah. so it's <laughs> yes. I can only imagine the issues but yeah we had to knock the ice off it and help him get inside and and but it was the same thing the arm wouldn't move it was stuck so we were just he we happened to see him luckily so we we were able to go out there and help him and I just. 
the small challenges you kind of run into that you don't think about every day. It's, it's interesting. So, and, and some of that, has that technology gotten better, I guess, as far as, or is it, is there any kind of, I think it has improved. I okay. mean, that was the early nineties. So yep. hopefully things have improved since then, but mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of those things are so expensive. Yeah. It's tough for people with disabilities to be able to afford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, customizing a vehicle or anything like that. I mean, they're, they're, $30,000. Right. You know? On top of the vehicle. The cost right. Of the vehicle. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. What What's maybe like, um, I don't know what the best way to ask, but what's what's maybe some of the things that you've even seen just in your lifetime? What are some advancements that have helped out a lot? And maybe what are some things that you're just like, ah, why can't somebody fix this? You know, yeah, like what, what are things we should be working on, to be honest? Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to... You know, because right. every, everything, and we'll call it technology, but everything evolves, right, to hopefully make things easier and better for people all the time. But, like, what was, obviously, like, your chair you're talking about was probably a big advancement because, like, you can, I, I watched you. You did, I mean, in two seconds, you're out of the car, and it, it, it was cool. You know, it was cool to watch that process. So that's got to be, like, at least one of the major things. Um, but then look, like, what are things too, that just so our audience knows, um, you know, like even in, I'm in the building industry, right? So one of my companies, we deal with commercial buildings and residential buildings, and you see all the time, you've got like ADA requirements for this and that and mm-hmm. that. And, you know, what are some of the things still that you would see that could, we could all improve upon? Sure. Yeah. Technology has come a long way, you know, even like computer software for people who are blind. Sure. Um, There's just so many things out there. And we are lucky to have Dakota Link here in South Dakota, Mm -hmm. and they can do assessments and help people with those technological things, which is awesome. But it's still really frustrating to me that buildings are being built and not coming to ADA standards yeah. or businesses already in existence. And it might just be a simple ramp is all it would take to make their business accessible, but they're not willing to do that. Hmm. So, you know, there still are buildings that are not accessible, which is very unfortunate. I was excited to see just yesterday that Augustana's administration building on their campus has finally been made accessible. I went really? to college at Augustana, oh, okay. and yeah. if I needed to meet with somebody about my student loan or anything, I would have to call ahead and then just meet with them in the front entrance. Oh. Very awkward to yeah. be sharing your personal stuff, right. you know, where the public is. So that's been a long time coming, mm. but I'm really excited that they've added that lift now. And that was a historical building, so I think right. that was part of the issue. You know, how do we do this and still maintain the maintain historical that? integrity? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. incredible i mean there's so many things that you know i just personally that i take for granted on a day-to-day basis that you know you sort of just go about your life and you don't think about it but there's so many things that one that you've overcome but also day-to-day challenges that just most people don't have to deal with you know what's what's maybe you know obviously like society rewired and and we're you know uh, from uh, survivors joining for hope, so we'll, we deal with a lot of mental illness type things mm-hmm. and and uh, suicide support and stuff like that. So maybe maybe let's talk about the mental health side of things for a little bit. You know, what's 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 ways that you kind of cope with with things? What's your you know we talked our last kinda, guest is self care. Yep. Um, has has your mental health kind of evolved as you? I mean, was there a point where you were 
maybe frustrated or angry at your disability. And then you've come to kind of like, cause grief is, I mean, we talk about grief a lot. So you kind of go through your stages of grief and you're, you know, you're angry, you're sad, you're mad, you're depressed. And then you kind of have this level of acceptance and you kind of move forward and it's never, I mean, it never goes away, but your life changes and adapts. Do you ever have a point where maybe you were mad at your disability, you're mad at kind of your situation, even just maybe mad at your, you know, your wheelchair. I'd imagine there's times where if you, it breaks or something like that, you get mad. But, and, and how has that kind of evolved as you've kind of lived through multiple challenges? Yeah. I think that I've gone through all the stages of grief, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you. Yeah. I mean, there was a time of denial when I didn't consider myself a person with a disability. Sure. I was just like everybody else. Don't group me. Yep. In that category, I was going to have none of it. My parents, you know, always were encouraging me to learn more about my disease and all of that. And I didn't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was anger, you know, at different times in my life that would come up. Um, high school, I feel like I had some anger issues just about not being able to be like involved in sports sure. and things like that. That was a huge deal in my family. They were very into athletics. Um, but then I just figured out different ways. Like I was manager of the volleyball team. I wrote sports articles in the school newspaper and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I've definitely gone through the stages and probably continue to do so. Sure. You know, yep. I mean, there are days that are really difficult and, and right. you get angry and there are days when you're sad and depressed. Um, I would say when I went to college, that was probably my most difficult time in life because it was a new, you know, nobody knew me at college where I grew up in a small town and everybody knew me. Yeah. Um, my friends always wanted to push my wheelchair in high school and I always let them. Well, college, there was no one to push me across campus. No. Um, and the only accessible dorm was the junior senior dorm. So mm. I was living across campus from all my freshman classmates. Wow. So I told my dad at Christmas that I was going to quit college, that it was just too difficult. Mm. And he said, Vicky, give it one more semester. I think things wow. will get better. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it one more semester. But I was in a concert band at Augustana. Okay. And we went on a trip in January. And that just changed everything for me because people got to know me better. They had to get me on and off the bus, sure. load my wheelchair. So yeah. I, I really had the opportunity to make friends through that. I guess, what, go ahead. I mean, we talk about word choice a lot in the mental health world and you know we talk about passed away by suicide versus committed suicide i mean you mentioned you know the word disability i guess is that even a you know is that the word that people should use or what's kind of the best way to kind of have that conversation initially if they aren't familiar or don't know how to i guess even how to have that conversation right you know i would say don't be afraid to ask i prefer people with disabilities people first language we call it okay so always putting the person before the disability yeah Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people that don't agree with that Um, a lot of adults with autism for instance prefer to be called an autistic person so it's kind of up to the person Mm -hmm. okay interesting so kind of talking about that too, we got, we got on and off the subject a little bit, but what, what are maybe some of the things that, that you do for self-care and, and also knowing that you are this awesome leader in our community, that's the, you know, f- like for myself, when I speak publicly or even like when we're doing the podcast, this is part of my self-care, like Right. Knowing that maybe there's one other person out there who can associate with my particular situation, wherever that can help, like that's that I like to do that. 
So for you, like you are this leader, which comes with lots of reward, but also lots of pressure, I'm sure, you know, and, and what, what do you do just to kind of, I guess, what's, what's your self-care regimen? Like what, what are the things that you do? You said travel, but what, what, what is it? You know, when you have those shitty days, mm-hmm. the, the, the mm-hmm. days that you're pissed and the days that you're sad and the, yeah. you know, what, what do you, what did you? Um, well, one of the things that I learned early on when I, uh, started to be in leadership positions is to learn how to say no. I'm kind of a people pleaser, so I had to learn the hard way. You can't do everything for everyone, Vicki. Um, So I kind of had to step back, and and I'm still very cognizant of that. When people ask me to join a board or something like that, I'm not going to overcommit. I think that's really important. And music has been an outlet for me my Mm. entire life. Um, I always listened to music. A lot of times when I was healing by myself at home or in the hospital, always listening to music. Mm. And then when I got in fifth grade, um, I had the opportunity to join the band. So I started playing flute, you know, very easy to carry around and easy for me to play. Um, So I started taking private lessons when I was in junior high and took them all through college. And I still play flute every weekend at church. So to me, it's just a really good outlet for me to be able to focus on the music, I guess. And, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that I received from someone was to every night before you go to sleep, um, think of three things that you're grateful for. Mm. And I think that's really helped me to not go to sleep with the negativity, to kind of refocus and think about the good things that happen during the day. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. That's a really great piece of advice. What kind of music do you listen to? (laughs) Because if you're gonna say country music, I would not put that out there as a as a potential thing for people. I'm just kidding. Wow. I always I'm critical of people now. <laughs> That's one of my in my in my country my, music listeners. My my technology company. It's one of my stupid dad jokes. It's like I go, hey, what kind of music do you like? And then they say country music. I'm like, well, that voids the warranty in all your systems. You know, so <laughs> when you're when you're jamming, when you're having a bad day, what do you yeah. jam out to? And then also if you're having a bad day do you ever just grab the flute and just go wild on it you know i don't i wish i could play like you know jethro tull but that, no, i was yeah, i was just gonna yeah, say aqualung yeah, do you go yeah, for aqualung yeah. yep. um you know i like all kinds of music i really am not a country fan so i knew i liked you no. yep. not no, my okay. thing really so much but like classic rock um you know and i usually play music that kind of is going with my mood you know if i'm feeling a little sad that day i'll play more melancholy music sure. and yeah. just kind of whatever mood i'm in very good awesome i got kind of a random question winter in south dakota when you're a person with a disability it's it's hard when you when just hard in general here winters are tough how, how is winter for you i guess as far as just living here it's definitely a challenge. Right. I ask myself many times, why do I live here? I ask myself but... <laughs> that question every winter. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, that's probably one of the most challenging things is that once I make the decision to go out in, on a day when there's bad weather and then I get to my destination and, like, the curb cut's not shoveled. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, things like that. You always have to be early and try to be prepared. But right. I've, you know, made several phone calls. Hey, you're going to have to help me get in your building. There's yep. just no way I'm going to be able to yeah. plow through that snow. No. 
So definitely challenges, but people here too are so friendly. You know, if they see me struggling, like in the parking lot of the grocery store, they'll ask, can you, do you want me to give you a push? And a lot of times I'll say yes. I mean, I'm pretty independent, but in situations like that, I'll definitely take the help. Yeah. That's that's one thing I do like about our community is it seems like people are willing to step up and and do nice things for other people at times, which is really cool. So it makes makes my heart happy that that you know that you find those people out too that are willing to help you. That's awesome. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Has your car ever gotten stuck? Yes. <laughs> what I mean, you just what in that situation? I guess you have to. I mean, because even when I get stuck, it's it's I'm out there digging, shoveling, hoping I can get unstuck, and I still have to call. I mean, do you just have someone you have to call when you get stuck in that situation? Or Yeah, when I used to live in an apartment, I would call the maintenance guy and say, hey, I'm stuck out here in yeah. the driveway, you know. So he would come out yep. with his shovel and give yeah. me a hand. Yep. Or, you know, again, other people that I don't even know, you know, offer to help. Yeah. So that's always great. I'm preemptively planning for winter already. I started my snowblower for the first time yesterday, Ooh. so I'm just kind of like, man, it's almost November. <laughs> no. Yeah. Going to December, and I'm just like, why do I? And I started asking that question, why? Why do I live here? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, right. yeah. Right. So. That's that's probably a good question. That's what, so obviously we have this thing called winter here, which really sucks at times. Right. Like, <laughs> and you 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 have such great skills and abilities. Like, what what keeps you in the Sioux Falls community? Yeah, I think my connections here. I just know so many people in Sioux Falls, and I just yeah. I love the connections that I have. I like the opportunities that you know, have been provided to me here. It just feels like home, I guess. You know, going to college here, I pretty much lived in Sioux Falls most of my life, my adult life. Yeah. And and I just love it. Cool. It we hear that a lot. It's a good community. It's not bad. I mean, I moved here a couple times, so <laughs> I keep coming back. <laughs> Brad so, keeps coming back. Yeah, All right. Right. Every time I try to leave, it sucks me back in. So, <laughs> no, I think that's pretty good. I guess, did you have any other... I yeah, I was, was going to say, like, what's if, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit before we even started, like our whole goal here is to bring in different people that have different experiences, whether it's, you know, different challenges that they've gone through or different ways that they're helping people out. Like if, if you had sort of, a, you know, a couple maybe big points to reach out to people that are in your situation or like situations, what's kind of a couple things that you could say, hey, here's here's things that like I associate with you you know, don't, don't get down on yourself too much. Like here, here's things that can maybe help you get mm-hmm. through the day. And I, lo- I loved your point of, you know, focus on three things that you're thankful for, but yeah. is there anything else that, you know, cause on a day-to-day basis, you're dealing with different challenges that, that than most people. And then you have all the other challenges that everybody's facing with. Right. Right. Cause right. life in general can, I mean, it's awesome, but it can be pretty it can kind of suck at times (laughs) I think building that support system is huge just to get yourself kind of out of your um, dwelling on your disability I guess I would say I feel like it's really important to just get out there give it a try give work a try give school a try Mm -hmm. um Maybe try to get out um, and live on your own instead of with your parents. Those kind of things. Just try new things and really try to make those connections in the community because I think we all need each other to make life better, you know. So if you can get out there, I think it makes a huge difference. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if a business wanted to get in touch with the Business Resource Network, what's the best way to kind of go and get in touch with you, your organization, and and to start having those conversations? That'd probably be a 
you know, I, I work with multiple organizations through my, my paying job and, and just kind of, you know, we talk about benefits and culture and, and I mean, it's probably a piece that isn't necessarily getting the attention it should, I guess, how, how would a business start to have that conversation with either the business resource network or yourself or just within an organization? Sure. Just give me a call. 605-215-1760. We have a website, Facebook page. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, connect any way that you feel most comfortable. Okay. That's awesome. I think that's the first phone number we've gotten. On air? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You might be famous. You oh, know, might be like you're, you're, you're like going to get so many phone calls now. The, the, we'll have to bleep the, it out. Dial. I love it. Five, five, awesome. five. <laughs> well, so, we, we sure appreciate you yeah. and your time. And what a, what a great episode. Thank we, we, you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. It was oh, great talking bet. with thank you guys. You. Again, check us out on all social media platforms, all the streaming platforms, uh, societyrewired.com. And don't forget when the... Sun goes down, the stars come out, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Vicki. Thank, Thank you. you.